Hello and welcome to the Feng Shui Society podcast. Join your host, Samantha Board, each month and explore the benefits of Feng Shui and beyond. Learn how to turn your home or office into a positive and tranquil environment using the ancient wisdom of Feng Shui. Anyone can benefit from Feng Shui, so please share this show with your friends and family. Now, without further ado, let's dive into today's episode and find out what we are discovering. Hello and welcome to the Feng Shui Society podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I have a very special guest today for our second show, Victoria Mohajarin. Victoria is an accredited Feng Shui consultant. She studied under two grandmasters, Grandmaster Raymond Lowe and Grandmaster Dr. Stephen Skinner. And Victoria specializes in classical Feng Shui and Four Pillars Astrology. Victoria is also a very good friend of mine and we both studied Feng Shui together. So I am super excited to welcome Victoria on the show today. Victoria, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hello, Samantha, and Happy New Year. Happy New Year. It's great to see you and be oh, with you it, on this show. Oh, it's so great to have you, Victoria. Um, what are you going to be talking about today? Well, today I decided to talk about the period nine. I know that period nine uh, has caused much controversy amongst the feng shui practitioners. Uh, so I'd like to discuss, for example, the, um, the meaning of period nine, for example, highlight some of the areas um, of changes we need to pay attention to in terms of feng shui, and really just a glimpse into period nine uh, flying star charts. That's oh, what I'd like to share with our audience. Very, very, very interesting. And yeah, you are absolutely right. It, there's a lot of controversy about period nine among feng shui practitioners. Can you talk a little bit more about that before we begin? Well, yes, let's delve straight into it. Well, according to, um, you know, our Feng Shui grandmasters, practitioners, of course, the age of nine, uh, also known as period nine, starts in four years' time, which is in 2024. So um, you may wonder why um, we are discussing period nine so early. The issue is that there is some level of uncertainty as to the exact change of when period nine actually starts. So the first thing is uh, we need to consider is uh, why do we use the boundary, the year of 2024, as the reference point for this transition from period eight, where we are now, into period nine. Now, so I'm gonna just talk about the history of this very briefly yeah, in terms of actually, thank you. So in terms of actually who's come up with this system at all, um, so for those who are familiar with the School of Flying Star Method, we know that the Yellow Emperor, who um, is the man himself, played a, you know, a key um, role in actually coming up with this system, this configuring this system of 20-year cycle. So the Yellow Emperor goes back to uh, 2600 BC. So that's how long ago this system was set up in terms of flying stars. So whilst we don't fully understand how he configured this system, we do understand that he used the two planets um, in our universe, Jupiter and Saturn, 
to use as a mark as to you know how he has come about with these 20 year cycle so in flying stars each 20 years is one cycle and this calendar started as early as 2637 bc that is a very very long it's time a ago. very long time yes and as i said the method is to use uh 20 years as one cycle so what he's done our yellow emperor he has divided these 20 years into three cycles and nine periods. Many flying star practitioners will know we have an upper period, a middle period, and a lower period. In the upper period, we have period one, two, and three. So period one, basically, let's say, started 100, and let's say 180 years ago, 4th of February, 1864. So, and this goes on and on, uh, onto, you know, we've reached this period, period eight, which we are in, which started 4th of February in 2004, and due to end on the 4th of February 2044 into period nine. Okay, so that's just a beef history, which sounds a little bit technical. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit technical. But the issue is, why the controversy? Well, actually, the Yellow Emperor configured that. Uh, Jupiter orbits the sun every 12 years, mm -hmm. but actually, uh, this is not exact. It's about 11.86 years, and Saturn orbits the sun every 30 years. Again, that is not exact, and it's actually 29.5 years. So then, when these two planets meet, this is where we get the great conjunction. Mm -hmm. And they, on the basis of these two planets meeting, that's where we said the cycle changes, okay? So of course, so of course, you know, because there is no exact time date where these two planets meet, we have the 20 year cycle as a reference point. But the question is, have we already gone into period nine? Yeah, absolutely, because we've just had a great conjunction recently. Correct. As many people will know, uh, the 21st of December 2020 last year was when we had these two planets meet, uh, a very rare phenomenon in the skies. Some people were lucky enough to, to see these two, star, two stars meet and become one bright star. I didn't. I didn't see. I think it was really hazy that day. Um, I did try to go out and look and see if, if, I, if I could see anything, but no, unfortunately I couldn't see anything from where I was. So did you manage to see it? No, uh, very similar to yourself as we are in London. It was a little bit cloudy. <laughs> and we, uh, they do say wish upon a star. So it was a, a very good day to make a wish um, in the evening. Uh, it was between 7 and 9 p.m. If only anyone made a wish, um, we say that it was a very special wish and hopefully mm. it would come true this year. Interesting. So you think that, yeah, because we've had the Great Conjunction very recently, um, yet it is sort of recorded um, that the age of nine only comes in three years' time. So there's a little bit of disagreement then among Feng Shui masters as to whether yes, or not age nine started. Yeah. Yes, you're absolutely right, Samantha, on that, because uh, many feng shui masters um, and practitioners have already started this debate four or five years ago as to whether period nine even started, in, let's say, in 2017. And the way to actually understand um, 
whether this phenomenon is working, whether the calendar is accurate, is to collate data and look at actually, since applying feng shui practice, how effective has star number eight been in the last 20 years? Mm -hmm. For example, from um, many um, practitioners will say perhaps um, the influence of star eight hasn't been as effective as in years before. Mm -hmm. So how are we already transitioning? I think that's the way to look at it. As you know, period eight uh, currently is our is you know the most prosperous star. It brings in the wealth element. It brings in the prosperity element. And so we really need to look at you know data from our own practice mm. as to how the number eight star and how the quality has impacted people's lives. This is the best way to look at um, this kind of research is to actually collate the data, as I said and really share this data amongst practitioners. And this is why we know that perhaps Korea 8 hasn't been as prosperous as mm -hmm. other years through that research. That's really, really interesting. So in your own personal practice, Victoria, what have you found um, with Period 8? Have you found it to be not as effective in these recent years? Of course, what we need to always bear in mind is that we still take Period 8 to use the flying stars when we apply. We still use period eight to apply uh, when we use our feng shui practices. And so what I find is that having applied some of these techniques, period eight is too prosperous. Okay. But I'm, what I'm doing is I'm comparing the prosperity to perhaps, let's say, many years ago when period eight was in, and it's looking at the historical research. Mm. So whilst period eight has its effects, we need to see actually going back, let's say to 2017, even 2016, has this quality changed? And I find that whilst it still brings prosperity, there are other parts of the home which have different configurations, which actually don't match with what is supposed to be expected for a period eight property. So for example, let's look, take Mountain Star 8, which is for health and relationships. Of course, as a practitioner, I take into consideration and would like some of my residents and some of the occupants or employees to sit in Mountain Star 8 for better relationships and better health. And so whilst there has been some improvement, I need to really consider how much improvement, what is the degree of improvement. And this is something which, again, we share with um, you know, very skillful, experienced practitioners who also feel the same. Whilst there are improvements, we need to take in the degree of improvement. And that is the question. Mm, absolutely. You're absolutely right there. And, um, and for people who are perhaps a little bit new to stars, mountain stars, water stars, can you talk to us a little bit more about um, Mountain Star and Water Star 9? What does that represent um, in terms of the trigrams, the family members, the elements? What does the 9 star represent? Okay, so let's look at period 9 and what the 9 star means. So if we look at the trigram itself, so we have these trigrams which all have meaning. So number 9 itself is just a number. However, what we're saying about number nine is the character, personality, and quality of this number nine, which actually provide the energy when it comes into period 2024. 
So number nine is actually called the Li trigram, Li Gua, which sits in the south direction. And Li actually represents the fire energy. Li represents the middle-aged woman. So what we can expect in period nine. So like us then. A... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, speak for yourself, are well, you absolutely right? <laughs> if I can look as amazing and beautiful as you, um, no problem with that whatsoever. I wish we had um, a video on actually, so people can actually see how glowing Victoria is at the moment. And <laughs> anyway victoria sorry very oh, kind geez. of you uh, i'm not sat in my pajamas or pink fluffy slippers whatsoever <laughs> so um so yes this new age of period nine yes representing women so what we anticipate is actually um women increasing of women rising to power more influence of women uh, women be more visible, having a voice and a platform. So yes, um, it's great. Uh, I am looking forward to that. And in fact, as you see now, this is why I say, perhaps if we look at the influence of period nine, perhaps we see this already. As you can see, we have um, many more female leaders, let's say in Hong Kong, in Germany, in France, uh, for example, Angela Merkel. Since 2017, we've seen this rise of women coming to power, being more heard, being more influential. And also the Lee Trigon, as I said, uh, represents the fire direction, which is actually the south, the south direction. So, for example, if you have a mountain in the south of your property or your home or office, that is more prosperous. This is what we expect. It will be uh, bringing much more prosperity. And the opposite, obviously, to the south is the north, and the north represents the water. So if you do find that you have a river, sea, or water, or road itself in your north direction, this again will bring you prosperity. Also, Ligua represents the eyes. The eyes, which we say, for example, now, if what we don't see within the with our naked eye right now, we can expect in period nine to see things that we haven't seen before. And I say, especially, um, uh, we have the bird, which represents the trigram, is in the trigram. So what we can anticipate is things to do with flying objects or things in the skies. So perhaps what we anticipate is um, maybe an accelerated development of um, the airline industry or flying objects even, as I may say, and have a bit of a chuckle things we haven't seen before in the skies. And, for example, we have the virtual reality and we have, let's say, the drones at the moment, which we didn't anticipate three, four, five years ago, and now we do. And again, is that an influence of the period nine? Mm. So these are the things we, yeah. we expect, yeah. Very, very, very interesting observations there. Obviously, when the, whenever you say flying objects, the first thing I'm thinking that we haven't seen before, the first thing I'm thinking is aliens. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, or flying sources, as, as it may be. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to, to some of these phenomena, um, perhaps, that we'll Absolutely. see in the sky. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> um, Actually, and on that, um, I'd like to mention, obviously, we have the fire energy. Uh, the fire energy, obviously, is full of joy, it's full of happiness, it's warmth. And some of these industries are represented by the food industry, the entertainment industry, you know, um, 
and again these are the kind of and it, um, these are the kind of uh, i would say industries which will do extremely well Mm, very interesting but what about the industries that are not in the fire industry um i mean we can't say that they won't do well but perhaps they won't be in the spotlight as much what what would you say yes, and I, I, i'm yes and i guess the whole point of um learning and knowing about these periods is to be able to forecast to anticipate what will happen in the future and it's not a, a fortune telling it's forecasting and as we know all good leaders need to be able to anticipate in order to mitigate in order to plan to plan for the future so we say the fire industry well um is going to be prosperous but let's look at what the fire what fire represents in the flying stars and we look back at the five elements what does fire control or what controls fire well we know that water controls fire so we look at the water industry and we we also look at what is the water industry so um, water itself represents money and what in you know we need to look at uh, you know what are these industries that need to really prepare anything that produces water is the metal industry the metal industry that is represented by airplanes and um, you know the kind of airline industry the shipping industry so again these industries really need to look out and prepare from now what is it they need to do to make things virtual to make things accessible to their customers and clients very very quickly at the press of a button at a click just one click to be able to make their clients um, happy as it were because as we know fire industry is all about happiness so what are going to make your clients and customers happy those in the airline industry the shipping industry the metal industry those in the water industry really need to start thinking about how they're going to make this change how they're going to adapt again those in the wood industry which are let's say the magazines industry the media industry they are going to be supporting the fire industry so really we say that they could be exhausting themselves a little bit so again they need to be making sure that they have that element of support so magazines media again look out you need to be um really sorting yourself out before 2024 start thinking differently <laughs> let's talk about the feng shui of period 9 um what i know we we did touch about um period 8 and how you know it may not be as prosperous at the moment um as period 9 is coming in or has already come in what are some of the things that people can do um for the feng shui of their homes um in anticipation for period 9 yes of course this is very very important of course the feng shui of your home will change so we start taking the number 9 mountain star and water star which um actually I'll touch on actually right now um going back to your earlier question so as we're in period 9 number 9 is the is the most prosperous and the most relevant energy which we need to consider to support us mountain star 9 in flying stars is in relation to your health your relationship and really how you can change your attitude and behavior and improve yourself and so this is very important many many practitioners often consider number 9 the water star which is related to wealth and money um they take into account the water element um, number 9 because 
many people often focus on wealth. That always seems to be the number one key factor when people come for a feng shui consult. But what I want to say as a practitioner is, you know, whilst you can earn that kind of income and money um, through adjusting your feng shui, you cannot always adjust your behavior. So for example, you may make that money, you may have the opportunity to make that money, but what is it you do with that money? Do you squander it? Do you make bad investments? So you also need to balance it out with your character. Many people who adjust their feng shui for money aspects only, you can, you can move a house, you can move to a different house, move to a different office, and take that money aspect with you with Water Star 9. But you cannot take good traits and good behaviors with you, which is the Mountain Star 9. So when we move into period 9, star number 8 becomes less prosperous, but it's still usable. Okay. So star number 8 at the moment, of course, is about money, prosperity, but it also represents children. This is why in period 8, uh, you see a lot of young people becoming prosperous, whilst, let's say, Facebook and you know, Amazon, it's being created uh, by young people. It's, uh, you have young people making huge money, becoming tycoons, and at the same time, Star 8 being the rebellious children. So you have a lot of rebellion. You have a lot of young people who are out in the streets. They are making political statements, especially against, for example, animal rights or you know the global economy and how our global environment so this is very much the theme of period eight now of course in period nine the feng shui of your house what we find is the flying star to period nine um funny enough is that you have a double nine mainly um, in the flying star charts for period nine which means you both have both the wealth star and both the mountain star in period nine in the same sector which can cause some issue around which star you want to activate. Because most practitioners will know when you activate too much health, too much wealth, uh, apologies, it deteriorates your health. So you need to prioritize which one you would like to activate. And I think that's really key when we go into period nine. What, you, what, what would be good is um, a lot of people ask, what kind of house should I be buying? Um, should I be buying a new house? Um, not really. You don't really need to buy a new house for a period nine. You don't need to start rebuilding a new house for period nine. Your period eight house right now, or period seven house, or even six house, is, is totally relevant. You can use these houses um, to adjust your feng shui. So, uh, what I will say is you really need to consider uh, your health or your money aspect. And as we know, the people's goals do change depending on what they're going through. And that is very much relevant to your Bazi and your four pillars. What you need to consider very much when you do your feng shui adjustment is actually what is going on with your own life at the moment in terms of your Bazi, your astrology, and how you can use that to adjust the feng shui of your home. Thank you, Victoria. I think that was really interesting, especially where you've mentioned about um, the character of the person, um, how they are going to respond with this sudden influx of money, because you're absolutely right. Yes, you know, you might suddenly have a massive windfall, 
um, after adjusting the, your, the feng shui of your house. But yes, what are you going to do with that money? Absolutely. And it's very much, um, I think it's, it's a good dialogue to start with yourself before embarking on any feng shui changes. What is it that you're trying to achieve? Am I ready to have this influx of prosperity? I think those are really, really good questions. And, and yes, also, um, you touched on Bazi and four pillars. Um, does that show up in that person's four pillars? Um, you are, I think that's, that's, that's a very relevant question as well. Um, I've seen some feng shui practitioners, um, they activate both the mountain and water star if it falls in the same sector. What do you, what do you think about that? Okay. Um, so I guess the question would be, how busy can you get and can you manage workload? So just as we want, some people say they, that they want um, a promotion, for example. But are you ready for that promotion and can you bear the responsibility? It's the same in feng shui. You can, some people, if I dare say, um, become a little bit greedy. And that is the key word I would like to use. Some people say, I want wealth. I want so much wealth, and then, but I also want health. Okay, that's great. But there has to be balance, and that is the core of feng shui, is balance. When you activate your health, these, these health mountain star, let's say, currently period eight, in the same room as your wealth, in the same room, the two eights, water star eight and mountain star eight, if you are constantly working and you're constantly busy, how are you looking after your health? If you're constantly having a big workload, which you have to, for example, uh, submit deadlines to your boss for a promotion, activating the wealth star doesn't necessarily mean that money comes easily. People will actually need to realize when you activate the wealth star, it means that you are going to become extremely busy to create money, to generate money. And really the trick could be, why don't you activate your nobleman style? Why don't you activate uh, a sector of your home, which means people can come and support you? People can, for example, if you have one or two good friends, which can find you the right contracts, isn't that better that you having to work so hard and to generate that money that it deteriorates your health? So my answer would be, how can you sleep well and peacefully in a bedroom where you're working so hard in it to generate money? And this is why I really wanted everyone to listen to Victoria today. Victoria, you really represent the new generation of feng shui consultants who are not just looking at feng shui and all the traditional stuff, which, which is great, but you're also looking at behaviors, things that you can change. Where is your power? Your power is in your choice and the, and, and the way you, you, you make decisions. So thank you so much for sharing that really, really sound advice. And um, I'm absolutely blown away because that, and that is something I'm going to take on board as well. I mean, I am absolutely gobsmacked. Is anyone else here gobsmacked as well? Oh, you're welcome. Uh, absolutely <laughs> welcome. I think, I think um, 
it's yourself, um, Samantha, who draws out some of the, these little nuggets. Um, yeah, and, 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 and maybe maybe I needed to hear that for myself as well. That's why I'm like, whoa. <laughs> no, I think one of the key things I will say is we really need to look at feng shui. We really need to look at bazi and look at how much of these methodologies influences how we live. Bazi and feng shui are not everything but at the same time they are extremely significant for you to make life-changing decisions balance is everything at the heart of feng shui and body and so many people make the mistake of always wanting more it's good to have ambition it's good to want more in terms of the fact but it gives you a sense of pride and it gives you motivation. But you really need to look at what does more really mean to you. Happiness isn't always more. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Sometimes actually what we need to do is cut back and cut out and create boundaries rather than having more, if that makes sense. So say, for example, cutting back on bad habits, cutting out toxic people, and that, can, that in itself can create a lot more happiness, can't it? Absolutely. And that is why I really enjoy using the mountain stars in Feng Shui. Because as you say, it is your behavior and your attitude and your mindset towards a situation which influences how your life plays out. For example, if you have a very bad temper, and people do, this is the reality. If, for example, you sit in a sector of your home which has particular star qualities, let's say star three, for example, is that going to support you in terms of reducing your anger management? No, it's not. So when you become angry, you make decisions and you react, which impacts how you may spend your money, which impacts how you could lose your friends, impacts your relationship with your people at work and your family members. So does money really bring you happiness when you have no one around you? That is the question. For some people it may, but mountain stars, that's why I say are extremely important. Put yourself in sectors of your home which support the change in your attitude and behavior. So if you have a New Year's resolution for 2021, the mountain stars are really going to support you in terms of making that change. Absolutely, Victoria. And I love that you mentioned um, the different sectors as well, because it's ve I think it's very important um, to, to people who are interested in, in Feng Shui or looking to perhaps have a Feng Shui assessment that Feng Shui is very much, is quite holistic, isn't it? And we look at how the different stars that are present are affecting um, the occupants of the home. And it's, you know, it's not something that we look at just, you know, one tiny sector, we look at the whole picture. And I think um, that's also one of the reasons why I absolutely love Feng Shui. Yes, absolutely, Samantha. Um, 
Uh, and this is great because you're absolutely right. Each sector of your home will have different energies, different qualities. And really, um, each star has its usefulness. Each star has its purpose. Um, we hear many um, masters who say that many stars, for example, their qualities are outdated. And whilst in practice this is true, at the same time, these stars also have beneficial energies. It really is dependent on how you want to use them. Uh, I want to make an example of star number two and really um, debunk some of the myths around star number two. Absolutely, which is please do, because there's a lot of myths around <laughs> star number two, star number five. Yes, please, absolutely. <laughs> Yes, um, you know, I, I actually get quite annoyed and frustrated. Uh, I would like to use these words. That's how I would describe how I feel. Um, annoyed and frustrated when I hear that star number five and star number two are absolutely disastrous. Um, it's really the interpretation of uh, these words that we get from the Chinese classical text. But don't forget these classical texts go back to thousands of years, going back to um, nearly 6,000 years. And we need to make sure that, the, that these interpretations are relevant to uh, millennial living, as it were. Star number two is very much associated with um, Mother Earth, nature, and it's known as the illness star, a star quality which brings in ill health. Okay, let's really delve into it. While star number two has an association with health, um, actually, it has beneficial qualities also. For example, um, it is very much related to real estate. Those in the real estate industry know that this star number two is an earth star, which represents the real estate, accumulation of wealth to do with land. If you know how to activate and use the star properly, it is very useful. It is only because that the star also brings a certain element of illness that people suddenly go, oh, it's sickness, it's sickness, we don't want that. Well, of course, that is a natural reaction. But to rem remedy this, why not use, for example, um, I love using the sound of the piano, piano instrument. If you have the sound of a piano instrument, instrument playing that sector of your home, it could really kind of, um, you know, move away the stagnant energy of star two, and you can see the beneficial side of it instead. So that's what I would say in terms of star number two. Star number five has this uh, terrible association with mishaps and disaster, and uh, I, I, I would say, um, you know, um, what I would say, a horrendous tragedy associated with it because it's known as, again, the Empress Star, the Grand Duke Star. Yes, again, um, I do not dispute that, but it's how you respect that energy. All of these stars, all of these energies have to be respected, and it's how we respect them that we can benefit from them. Um, again, I don't want to go to too much of in the remedial side of um, star number five. Most practitioners will know that it's placing round metal objects, uh, perhaps even number six, six uh, metal, round metal coins, or six round metal dumbbells, heavy metal, it can use these, and it uh, remedies.
Absolutely, Victoria. Thank you for that. It's uh, the some of these stars. They're they're known as outdated stars, or sometimes just bad stars. But they all have a purpose. And um, just to comment on what you mentioned about respecting and knowing how to use these stars as well. These stars are earth energies. So the way I look at it, by using metal, it's like mining from the earth. So you're mining the good stuff from, from these earth energies by using metal. Um, so that's, that's how I look at it. And, uh, but yeah, it exactly like what you've mentioned, they've, they've all got their own purposes and it's all about working with them the right way. Absolutely. I love that um, analogy, Samantha. I love the fact that you use the metal, love the energy instead of kind of, um, you know, thinking so negatively of it and, you know, you're respecting it. I really love that. Thank you. That's something for me to bear in mind <laughs> as well. Brilliant. So, well, well, I know we kind of sort of, digressed a little bit and went to um, star two and star five. So let's come back a little bit to star nine. Um, star nine is the element of fire. So what are the ways in which we could activate both the mountain and the water star nine? Okay, um, so first of all, we need to look at the uh, your floor plan. So you take out your floor plan and you look at the natal charts of your Home. Each home will have its own natal chart, its own blueprint, depending on when the house was built or when the occupants moved in. Basically, as um, the famous saying goes, it depends. So, once we know the natal chart of the home, uh, if you want to activate um, star number nine, it is so simple. Activating world star number nine, um, people make such a big deal out of it. Water is the most purest energy where you can activate a water star. And many people say, you know, you need a pail and you need a pump to uh, place inside a pail uh, filled up with water to activate star nine. That is correct. But what I also want people to bear in mind that water itself is active energy. There is no such thing as inactive water. The water molecules in water are active. They are live. That is why water is known to be a live substance. If you want to activate star number nine for wealth, if you want to accelerate it, yes, use a pail and water pump in that particular location where water star nine is, and select a good date. Date selection in feng shui is extremely important. For me, date selection is even more important than uh, just knowing about feng shui itself. Remember, the secret is doing the right thing at the right time, okay? Timing, so activating, absolutely. Absolutely, activate um, on the right date. Um, people say the right time even, fine, but in date selection, date selection is called date selection. It's the title is date selection, not uh, time selection. <laughs> so you have the whole date to actually activate. And to activate star, Mountain Star 9, which is um, for your health, well, actually, um, there's no such thing as really activating it. What it actually means is be very gentle and quiet and peaceful. Don't start banging the walls or um, start, uh, you know, breaking the earth, uh, decorating, for, your, for example, your home, putting nails in the wall, or don't put a water tank, for example, in that particular location. 
Mantras are nine has to be quiet. It is about the yin energy. It is about making sure that it's peaceful and harmonious. And many people mistake the fact that balance of yin and yang in a home is good feng shui. This is incorrect. What actually yin and yang means in a home is that the right places in your home should be yin and the right places in your home should be yang. So the Vaibara means the right places, your bedrooms should be yin and mounted star peace and quiet. Please, if you really want to activate your mountain star nine for peace and quiet, it actually means deactivate. Deactivate the televisions, your um, radios, all that kind of thing. It is in your bedroom. This is what I mean um, by activating your mountain star nine. Deactivate. <laughs> and it is good practice anyway to remove electronics and things like that that are very yang from the bedroom anyway, isn't it? Absolutely. And many of my clients find that they have headaches, they have insomnia, and they really get up at three or four in the morning, which is why it impacts their performance at work. So one of the key things we look at straight away is you know, what is, where is your bedroom in conjunction to your house? And what is inside your bedroom? If you have a water fountain in your bedroom, or if you have too many plants in your bedroom, and a lot of, and I, and I want to go speak about plants because many people think if you have plants in your bedroom, it's, um, you know, it's quite peaceful and you have better sleep. Um, one or two may be fine, but too many plants, are there are an active energy and it stops and you know really has uh, an influence on your sleep and of course this is something people need to bear in mind absolutely um there's a huge trend of you know urban jungle and having lots of plants in the house i'm a victim of it as well i do have a lot of plants in my house but as a feng shui practitioner I have no plants in my bedroom. <laughs> this is so important because, yeah, they people don't realize, yes, plants give out oxygen and it, they're beautiful to look at. The green energy that comes from plants are what we respond to in a very positive way. But plants are very yang. Absolutely. And what do we do to plants in the bedroom to make it grow? <laughs> we water them. Absolutely. <laughs> Frequent watering, that activity in itself is an active practice. Uh, it's very similar to a water tank or any water feature in a bedroom. Mm. It activates. So if you, if, you wish, um, if you wish to activate your prosperity star in your bedroom, by all means, a fantastic idea. Uh, make your phone calls from there, but uh, it won't impact on your sleep. <laughs> Amazing. And what about the nine water star? What's, what's a good way to work with the nine water star? Again, the nine water star will be very similar to activate. Water is the best way to um, activate the water star. However, look at your chart of your house and find out where the number nine water star is in terms of um, the coordination, for example, north, south, east, west, and your sub-cardinal direction. What we really don't want to see, um, uh, looking at the water element, is making sure we are aligning it to the early heaven trigrams. So I don't want to get too technical here, 
but certain locations in the home is where we don't want to see water activation in accordance to the early trigons. For example, in the northeast sector, the south sector, you know, uh, we really don't want to see water activation. Water activation should be where water should be. For example, in the north or the southwest, for example, or even the southeast. Uh, so this itself, I know it's going back to very basic early you know, kind of systematic body of knowledge of the early trigrams, but even these simple rules make a big difference. For example, we don't really want to activate the northeast sector, for example, in 2020, which was about, let's say, finding people to help you and support you. We, don't, we didn't want to activate it with water. We wanted to activate it, let's say, with uh, a salt lamp. Many people activate with candles because uh, the fire energy is a very quick activation. However, this um, comes with precaution because obviously we don't want to uh, have any dangers when we use candles and we use fire. But the fire energy is very, very quick. It's a very quick activation. So going back to that, um, Water star number nine should be activated in water in the correct location. If, uh, and mountain star number nine, again, keep it quiet. <laughs> but if it's uh, any mountain stars, really, I would recommend uh, to activate like a lovely little salt lamp we can use. I think that's very, very helpful. Just be aware very important where is the water start in, in connection to your house in the location of your house and where is the mountain star in, in terms of indication to your house wonderful that was absolutely brilliant victoria thank you so much unfortunately we are coming to the end of our podcast i think honestly victoria i could just talk to you for hours and hours and hours um i think <laughs> I'm not sure if our audience wants us to be talking for hours and hours and hours. I'm not sure if everyone's switched off now. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria, before you go, can you tell us um, how can people find you? Where can they book you for a consultation or, um, or, or for you to check their houses? How can they find you? Yes, I'm on the uh, Feng Shui, UK Feng Shui Society website. I am registered as one of the accredited um, consultants there. On there, you have my email address, um, which is info at Victoria, um, Feng Shui by Victoria.com. You can find me there. And you have my telephone number. Um, I should probably read it out 07535 but the best bet, I would say, find me on the UK French Way Society and uh, score my details. And you have some upcoming courses as well and events, don't you? Yes, I do. January, February, I'm teaching, uh, really, I would say, French Way Fast Track, the simple kind of version, and the understandable version, which is not too technical, really for people to set up their homes and offices. It's mainly targeted for people who have no Feng Shui background whatsoever and simply want to apply and see results quickly to support their goal in 2021. Also, I'm teaching Bazi, which um, spelt B 
B-A-Z-I. In short, is astrology, which calculates your natal chart. And what I do is make sure you understand uh, what is happening with you in the years to come ahead, for you to plan ahead for the next five years and make sure that you are heading in the right direction, which makes them sure that you know, the, the decisions that you make now have a beneficial influence for you in the future. This is wonderful, Victoria. And I really hope more people learn from you um, about Bazi because it is really, really interesting. Yes, uh, Bazi is absolutely fascinating. Uh, I just want to make sure I, I let you know that I'm not a fortune teller. I wouldn't be able to tell fortunes even if, um, if I had a, you know, a crystal ball in front of me. What I'm looking at are using the five elements where I can forecast how your behaviours and your characters influence how you make decisions. But if you can change your mindset using body and you can change the way your attitude is towards something and how you respond, you are more likely to come out with more fruitful decisions at the end of it. This is what body is really about. That's wonderful, Victoria. Thank you so much. And it was absolutely lovely to have you on the show. Um, like I said, I could talk to you for hours and hours and hours, but we will spare the audience and say goodbye over here. <laughs> oh, Samantha, I just want to say a big, and a, really a big huge thank you to you, Samantha, for being one of the lights in the Central Society and really, you know, creating such an amazing platform for us consultants to be able to give something back to all the communities out there. Uh, thank you, Samantha, for all your hard work. Thank you very much. And uh, again, may it be a prosperous 2021. And you as well, Victoria. Thank you. And thank you so much for your kind words there, Victoria. It is my pleasure. <laughs> and for all our audiences listening in, thank you so much um, for your time. And I hope you join us next month for a brand new show. Thanks for listening to the Feng Shui Society podcast and for being such a supportive audience. You can find out more about the Feng Shui Society at www.fengshuisociety.org.uk. Don't forget to subscribe to our monthly newsletter, which is packed full of interesting and useful Feng Shui hints and tips. And you can also find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Join us again next month as we continue to explore Feng Shui even further.